You're listening to the Sound Defense Alliance podcast. Welcome to the Sound Defense Alliance podcast. I am Caitlin Epstein, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Huey. We will be your guides through this 12-episode podcast series, breaking down the many aspects of the naval growler jet noise issue in Northwest Washington. The podcast is called the Sound Defense Alliance podcast because the SCA is an organization committed to bringing people together to address this issue. Tara works directly with the SCA, so I'll let her introduce herself and her work with the Alliance. Thank you, Caitlin. Hi, everyone. I'm Tara, and I'm the social media coordinator for the Sound Defense Alliance. I grew up on South Whidbey Island in Washington, where I was lucky enough to spend the majority of my life without jet noise. But after leaving the island to get my bachelor's in global studies, I actually came back to focus on amplifying local issues and advocating for the people and place that raised me. One organization whose mission really aligned with mine was the Sound Defense Alliance, and I've been working with them for almost two years now and am particularly passionate about raising awareness for community health, wild and marine life protection, and the conservation of quiet spaces. I'm really excited that we've been able to create this podcast with Caitlin, who I will now allow to introduce herself. So I don't work with the SCA, and I haven't even lived in Washington State or really even visited the northwest part of the state. I am from North Carolina myself, but I am a master's student at the University of Sussex in the United Kingdom, studying media practice for development and social change. What that very long degree name means is that I am learning how to create media like this to inform, educate, inspire, and raise awareness about issues like this one. Tara and I did our undergraduate degrees at the same university, and I connected with her to help create this podcast. So besides acting as producer, I also get to play the role of the host that gets to learn alongside you, the listeners. This podcast is for people living in the Northwest region of Washington state, especially for people who are impacted by growler jet noise. But it's also for people involved in efforts against aviation noise, both commercial and military across the country. For climate change activists fighting for the future of our planet, for people who love animals and want to see them protected, for people facing water contamination around military bases throughout the country, for people who love national parks and visiting beautiful natural spaces for peace, quiet, and recreation. And hey, if you just stumbled across this ambitious little podcast, then great, it's for you too. And we're really glad that you're here. In this episode, we will ease you into the podcast by introducing you to the growler jet noise issue and what it's really like to live underneath these planes, as well as explain what the Sound Defense Alliance is, as well as its mission. You'll hear from Ann Harvey, a resident of Coopville, Washington, and the board chair of the Sound Defense Alliance and Mark Lunston, a resident of Skagit County and former board member of SCA. First up is Anne to talk about the impact of the EA-18G growlers. A growler jet is one of the noisiest jets that the military has created. There are decibel readings that are well in excess of 100 decibels. And as people may know, when you go over like 50 decibels, the increase is incremental in terms of the impact that it has on our hearing. So 
100 decibels isn't just 50 plus 50. It's a much more significant and severe impact. And there are people who have recorded 120, 125 decibels over their homes. So the impacts are concerning as far as health is concerned, not just hearing, but there's something about the rumble of that particular aircraft, which is a result of the high frequency, high volume, and intermittent impacts that those jets have on our bodies. So they are particularly worrisome in terms of cardiac issues like stroke and heart attacks. There's more and more documentation of the impact of environmental noise on people's hearts. And thankfully, there's more and more research so that our elected officials and the Navy can't say, well, prove it, show us the facts, because the facts are there. And we're really grateful to the scientific world for beginning to really gather that information. There also, when we think about people who suffered post-traumatic stress disorder, those folks are really vulnerable when we think about our veterans who are below the jets, who go to the Olympic Peninsula and want to walk through the Olympic National Park, and there is no quiet place for them anymore in this region, that's a big concern. People who have suffered abuse and are triggered by sudden noises are a deep concern, as well as folks who didn't have PTSD before they lived under the jets, and that has actually caused PTSD for them. And a number of those people have had to leave. They've moved from the area. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, we know. We know that there are other kinds of physical, emotional, mental health concerns and health impacts that we won't even really know about for another decade or two or three in terms of exactly how they are impacting people of all ages, but particularly children who have really sensitive systems. Anne shared more of the technical impacts of the Growler jets, but now you're going to hear her and Mark's firsthand accounts of what it's really like to live under these jets. We had moved here. We had built a house. I had retired from fishing. It was a beautiful place, and suddenly these ridiculously loud jets came over, much louder than the older ones, the prowlers. You were under a growler. There's nothing like it. It's the loudest thing you've ever heard, flying in the sky, loudest jet in the world. And the prowler was flying over our house, you know, somewhat regularly when we were building it, and it was, it was not a big deal. Suddenly, the growlers arrived, and it was a big deal. It was... It took over our life when they were flying regularly over our house. You couldn't watch a movie. You couldn't talk on the phone. You couldn't carry on a conversation in person. You couldn't take a nap. It would wake up kids taking a nap. All I'm saying, you can read in the comments that Quiet Skies have collected, the complaint comments. What I'm saying is not news. In the last number of years, these these jets have become a plague. The jets are a plague and we're, we're working hard to get them to train elsewhere. When the jets are flying, which is intermittent, so in the summertime, particularly, may start flying right at dusk, which as we all know, may be about nine o'clock. And there was a night recently where they flew from nine until quarter to 12, it was almost midnight, and they didn't stop. Usually they refuel, they go back to Oak Harbor, to the base to refuel, but they managed to pull it off so that they just had one leaving, one coming in, one leaving, one coming in. So we have to close our doors and windows. If I am gonna take the dog outside, in the evening, which is a useful thing to be able to do before we go to bed, I put on ear protection 
I walk as far as I can away from the source, but it's frequently right overhead. It's beyond deafening. I feel it in my entire body, but particularly my guts. It feels like it's hurting me. It feels like it's harming me. And I know it's harming me. We had a dog before this one who was deaf. And, you know, the question always was, so did the jets, you know, accelerate that deafness? And we have no idea. But there was a point at which where it's like, we were grateful that this dog's hearing wasn't being impacted because the dog couldn't hear very well. It was an older dog. But there was a, a person from a national magazine who came to do an interview. And it was the only time in my life I was hoping the jets would fly because he said, I have never heard them fly and I need to hear them fly. So I'm like, please fly, please fly. It's the only time I want you to fly. <laughs> and as he drove up the hill to our house, the jets flew right over our head. And I'm like, okay he will have this experience. And we were outside, I had ear protection on, and he just, he kept saying, I can't believe you live with this. I can't believe that this is something that people are subjected to on a consistent basis. And I kept saying, put on ear protection because this is hurting you. And he said, no, I need to have the experience. I need to have the experience. And there were four jets flying. So an example is four jets flying, you get maybe 30 to 45 seconds of a break between one jet going overhead and as it turns the impact of the turn is significant as the afterburners go off and usually the increase in volume is at least another 20 or 30 decibels with that afterburner sound so when they're flying four jets at a time there's rarely a break in that impact right overhead Tara, you also live on Whidbey Island. Can you share a bit about your experience with the jets? Yeah, I actually live on the south end of the island where the military jet noise is pretty rare. But I do visit central and north Whidbey pretty frequently where the jets fly and I can tell you it gets really bad. Depending on where you live, the noise can go through walls, it can vibrate your dishes on the counter, and it really just goes on and on for hours, sometimes with no breaks in between. And for me, hearing growler jet noise can come with a lot of anxiety. There's not only the anxiety when the jets are flying, but it's the feeling you get before when you anticipate them. And then the feeling after you think they're done flying, but you're not actually sure because there's still light in the day and they even fly after dark. Lately, they've been starting around 8 p.m. and can go all the way to midnight in my experience, but I have heard accounts of them flying past that. So... When I'm trying to get to sleep, I know there's work in the morning. It's really tough because you don't know when you'll actually be able to sleep. So that's been really hard. We shouldn't have to be protecting ourselves and our health from those that are meant to be protecting us. It's been especially hard to get elected officials to really understand what it's like to live under the jets. Because on Whidbey in particular, the jets don't fly over the weekends. And that's when elected officials come to visit. Same with tourists. They don't understand the complete effect of these jets because they're here on the quietest parts of the week. So for the rest of us who live here during the week and experience the jets on the days that we work, it has been especially hard to convince others how complicated this issue is. And it's also really concerning to know that there's animals out there or babies who really can't protect themselves I first got really interested in this issue when I was driving up the island and I had just come back from a trip to an island off the coast of Australia where they have really strict rules in place to protect the wildlife and the birds there. 
and they only have a few flights a day in order to protect the wildlife. And I thought that was incredible. Came back to the island and there are these jets flying directly above a whole flock of birds and sobbed on my car ride just thinking about how awful that was. And then when I came back home looking for work I was passionate about, this job, it really aligned with that. And I think it's so important to be speaking up for those who can't do it for themselves or don't have those voices. So yeah, I can definitely talk more about that, but that's pretty much been my experience. And I know it's different across the whole Northwest region of Washington. Everyone has a different experience and they're all completely valid. It's definitely a tough, tough thing to listen to on a daily basis for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And from what I hear, Whidbey is just a gorgeous place that deserves that protection like other places have. I mean, we heard Mark mention how this part of Washington is such a gorgeous place. And to give you a better understanding of the region and why people actually choose to live in this area despite the noise of the jets, Anne is going to provide us an introduction to Whidbey Island. We live in what many people refer to as a paradise. The natural beauty of this region is spectacular. So Whidbey Island is one of a number of islands in the Salish Sea that enjoys extraordinary wildlife from the birds and the deer to the coyotes and the orca whales, if we're privileged enough to be able to see orcas or gray whales or humpbacks, all of whom apparently are out there right now. There's sightings daily right now. They're being impacted as well, of course. We live with extraordinary views of the waters, the mountains, and open space, forested as well as prairie land. Central Whidbey is a historic reserve, Eby's Landing Historic Reserve was created in the 70s to protect the area around central Whidbey. And there are tribes who lived here before colonization were using this central Whidbey area as an agricultural area, growing plants like camas and harvesting the nettles and producing extremely rich soil. So it's well known as an extraordinary agricultural area, as well as people from all over the region come to birdwatch and enjoy the solitude and the quiet when it is quiet. Whidbey Island is the longest island in the area, 60 miles long with a bridge. The base is in the most northernmost town of the island. The island has three population sites from South Whidbey to Central Whidbey to North Whidbey. There's a large population of Navy folks on the north end of the island who are also impacted. Their families, spouses of pilots, all of those people are being impacted by the flights out of the base itself. And the impacts of the growler jets aren't just felt on Whidbey, but all over Northwest Washington, including Port Townsend, Camano, Mount Vernon, the peninsula, Forks, Washington, all these places and so much more are impacted. So Anne and Mark are also gonna share where other places are affected and how their experiences vary. There are significantly different impacts. I think we all keep learning about those differences. When I talk to folks over on the Olympic Peninsula, one person who lives outside of Port Townsend, which is, as the crow flies, not that far from Coopville, but they live under the path of the jets that fly over the Olympic Peninsula. 
to do their electronic warfare training. And so the experience that they have is from utter silence in their woods when the jets are not flying, they hear the birds, they hear natural sounds, to a deafening roar when those jets are flying over them to do this practice. And they, they are impacted frequently all day long which I was not aware of until I started really talking to some of those folks who live in some of these other areas. The same is true with the people who live all the way over on the furthest west coast of our state, over on the Olympic Peninsula coast near Forks, Washington. And there are at least two native tribes that are situated in that area and a small population of people in the town of Forks. And they report absolutely deafening noise. Again, sometimes all day long. We tend to have late afternoon and nighttime flights. They are dealing with this all day long. And it is really different. Also, the people in the San Juan Islands report a different kind of experience with the sound that comes from the base across the water. But I know that there are significant differences depending on where people are. And the frequency, the duration, and the volume will vary. I know one example is that I live near Outfield, not, not close to the Coopville outlying field, the OLF. So it's kind of like what I've heard at Lopez, and there are two kinds of sounds here. I haven't heard the jets on Lopez, and I've only heard them a few times on the peninsula, and I've heard them on Whidbey, which is very similar to right here. But the two experiences are when they're testing engines on the runway. And they just have a sustained jet noise. They're just running an engine. It's not as loud as flying overhead, but it's it's enough that it's like having a neighbor running a you know his table saw with his shop doors open and he's doing it all afternoon. It's like that. It's just irritating and ever present and loud. Flying overhead is, as one friend of mine put it, it's like they're ripping the sky open. You feel that. <laughs> That's the real deal with the growlers is when they're close by and coming overhead. Like when they're accelerating after a takeoff or for us, they're coming down low and they're banking to go back to Alt Field. They fly right over Deception Park and then they bank and they're throttling up and down. That's when it's really loud. But there, there are many varieties. People all across the region are impacted by these jets and they can really leave them feeling uncertain and even helpless. For many people, that sense of powerlessness and sometimes real hopelessness about, oh my gosh, this is not why I'm living here. You know, how can I protect myself? How can I protect my family? Do I have to leave the area? Can I even sell my house? What's going to happen to the value of my property? If I'm a renter, the rents are only going up. How am I going to find another rental if I let my rental go? What about the impact on my work? If I am not working remotely, I mean, it has tremendous impacts on people. And so the feeling is the physical feeling, but it's also all of the stress that comes with it in so many different forms. The jet noise generally disrupts any activity that involves communication. Obviously, you can't hear yourself. The problem I see with it is that it, it's bad stress. Something's coming, you don't know what it is, you don't know how bad it's gonna be, then you know it's coming, that's bad stress. You have no control over that. And all these studies of psychological medical studies show that that kind of fight or flight situation does bad things to your metabolism. It makes you unhealthy, it deprives you of sleep, 
there are many things that it does that has been summarized very clearly to be harmful to our health. Bad stress is harmful to your health. And jet noise, approaching jet noise that you hear, you can feel the response in yourself. When you know they're flying low and they're coming at you and you know that there's more than one and they're going to be coming for a while, you brace yourself and it feels horrible. You know, like, oh, here we go. We can't. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to feel it in my whole body. And I'm not going to be able to communicate with people. I'm going to have to cover my ears, very likely. And that anxiety, that repetitive anxiety, is, I think, not at all unique to me. It's, it's what I've heard many people say. You feel it in your bones when they're coming, and you dread it. Fortunately, although the growlers can leave people feeling helpless, the Sound Defense Alliance is here to help. The primary mission of ours was to instigate this thing called the roadmap, which is how do we get the growlers to train elsewhere? That's our goal. That's, that's the target we have. So everything we do leads to that roadmap. All of our policies are to get people to join us, to get educated about what's going on, who they can talk to, their congressmen, the officials of the state, county level, local level, wherever we can do it, to be educated and to give people hope that we can do this, to say, this this is possible. This is what we want, and these are the steps we can take. Get a clear purpose among as many people as possible and lay out the steps for accomplishing that purpose in a systematic, understandable, firsthand way. I started working with the organization in 2016, having been a part of the Coopville Community Allies. And that group formed in response to a draft environmental impact statement that came out from the Navy, essentially saying that they were going to quadruple the number of operations, that's touchdowns down and up, by the growlers at the outlying field from 6,400 to 24,000. And that galvanized our local community to organize a group that was focused on getting as many comments as we possibly could. And along with a number of other groups, we were able to ensure that over 4,000 comments were submitted in response to that draft environmental impact statement. And despite all of that feedback, all that extraordinarily scientific information that was submitted, the Navy chose to move forward with their plan and to pass, essentially approve a record of decision to increase the operations at the outlying field to over 24,000 annually. So as a result of that effort of people organizing to try and get comments submitted We also recognized that we really needed to come together across the region and that one little group representing Central Whidbey or even Whidbey Island was not going to be able to bring about the change that needed to happen. So the Coopville Community Allies became one of a number of groups that formed a coalition that became the Sound Defense Alliance in 2018 once the record of decision had been approved and we knew that we had to really work hard to impact particularly our elected officials, since those folks are essentially the bosses of the Navy. So the mission of the Alliance is to work to protect our communities and our natural environments from the many harmful impacts of military activity around the Salish Sea and Puget Sound and the Olympic Peninsula. 
So our focus is on restoring the balance that existed before the growlers became a part of life in this region. There are, as I mentioned, a number of individual groups that represent different parts of our region, like the citizens of Ebe's Reserve and the Quiet Skies over San Juan County, and there are groups on the peninsula, and uh, again, Camino Island and Anacortes Fidalgo area, like Evergreen Islands. So those groups all have an individual kind of local focus. And the Sound Defense Alliance is that coalition of these groups that come together to work as one entity to coordinate our work with elected officials, our actions, our campaigns, and our increases in our membership across the region. So we are the central organizing group that brings those groups together. And we're continuing to work to bring people together in Forks and over in the Skagit Valley, and even all the way on the other side of the mountains near Winthrop, there are people who've complained about the low-flying growlers in that area. There are clear local interests, and then we have the larger regional interest that we promote. There are plenty of ways that you, our listener, can also get involved in the efforts against the growler jets. Our focus is on working with our elected officials at all levels. So from county commissioner and local mayor, right up to our federal elected officials in Washington, DC. As I mentioned earlier, our federal elected officials are the people who have the power to impact the Navy. They are the boss of the Navy. So working with them is central, but also being able to get our local elected officials lined up with us. So when those folks turn around and look at who's behind them, they see a really strong, presence of local elected officials and state elected officials as well. So it's really important, first of all, to report jet noise. And you can do that by going to our website at sounddefensealliance.org and go to the tab that talks about noise monitoring and see the options that are there that include putting your pin for your location and your comment into the San Juan County noise monitoring map. That information is sent to all of our elected officials every quarter. And so that's really important. And that is monitored by citizens. It also is really important to contact your state and federal, but particularly federal elected officials. Let your federal elected officials know you care about this issue and you want them to stand with us. So asking them to stand with us, email them, call them, go to their community meetings and speak up and ask them, will they stand with us? What will they do to ensure that our concerns are being acted upon at the federal level? So contacting elected officials is absolutely essential. Also, contacting your local elected officials. Go talk to your local county commissioners and ask them if they stand with us. And if they aren't, ask them why not and have a conversation and just start the conversation and keep it going. And join us. Be sure to become a member if you aren't. It's a very simple process just to make sure you're getting informed, getting our wonderful newsletters and also our action alerts and information about our campaigns. So be sure to join us and tell your neighbors and your family and your friends to join us as well. Well, I would say the biggest thing is to call a legislator or I wanna say talk to a neighbor or what I really think is the most important thing is that you believe it can happen, is that you, and you tell somebody that and how it can work. You convince someone to join you. You sell it yourself to someone else. 
You say, why this is a good idea. It's going to work. Go to the SDA website, read through a few of the details. Tell somebody they should join SDA too. Just tell one person. And there may be two. We hope that this episode has given you a clear introduction to the growler jet noise issue in Northwest Washington and to the Sound Defense Alliance. Anne and Mark mentioned several facets of this issue, and throughout the podcast, you will have the opportunity to hear these aspects explained in detail. We will have amazing guests on to talk about the legal efforts against the growlers, the impacts of the growlers on human health and children, the climate and environmental impacts of the jets, the national aviation jet noise issue, and so much more. There are resources in the show notes below this episode, a glossary for terms you may not be familiar with, as well as links to additional information, organizations mentioned in the episode, and ways that you can get involved. We hope that you'll stick with us and that by the end of this podcast, you will have a deep understanding of this issue, and more importantly, that you will be inspired and prepared to join us in the fight. We'll let Mark end us with this. I wish you the best, and I hope that we can be looking back on this and say, remember when the growlers were here? Gosh, that was a good thing that happened when we got them to train elsewhere. We did it. So here's to that day.